Today on CityCast Denver, we have to talk about what happened on Friday. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. We've seen it coming since the draft opinion leaked last month, but it's still a shocking, devastating step backward. You can still get an abortion here in Colorado, thankfully, but our abortion providers are going to need support now more than ever. We've got a rundown of resources and more information about how to do that in our newsletter today. I'll drop a link to that in our show notes. But even with all that looming over us, we've still got a really good show for you today. So let's get to it. The entire time I've lived in Denver, anytime anyone brings up five points, the conversation always seems to come back to one question. How are we going to bring back the glory days? How are we going to revitalize the historic Welton Street Corridor? It used to be a place where the best jazz musicians in the world would stay when they came through Denver. They'd play shows downtown, then head up Welton to play probably a lot more fun shows and stay at the Rossonian Hotel. But the Rossonian has been vacant for decades, and Welton Street is a mix of boarded up storefronts and sparkly modern high-rises, full of new residents without much of a connection to that history. My response to that is, well, there's, there's a group of people that are taking advantage of this, and there's a group of people that are being disenfranchised by this. What does it mean to flip it around? What does it mean to have the folks that feel disenfranchised to now take advantage of gentrification in their neighborhood and really start taking care of it? Ryan Cobbins is the president of the Five Points Business Improvement District. Since he opened a coffee shop in the heart of Five Points 12 years ago, he's been on the ground every day, slinging lattes and figuring out what kind of revitalization is even possible. Our regular host, Bree Davies, is out today, but she sat down with Ryan last week outside his shop to talk through a pretty ugly situation he got involved in a few years ago that I think shows part of why this has been so hard, even when everyone involved has the same dream. Today is Monday, June 27th. I'm Paul Caroli, in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. That scooter tour referred to coffee at the point as an artesian coffee shop, so. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I really wanted to go over But it's a fancy adjective, probably. (laughs) Strange. All right. Um, Where would you like to begin? Well, uh, Ryan Cobbins, welcome to CityCast Denver. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So we're sitting here on the patio at Coffee at the Point which really is in the center of things, but there's a lot of change happening on Welton Street. What can you tell me about that as a business owner who's been here for 12 years, who's really in the mix of things? Yeah, so you know, part, part of the ongoing conversation about Five Points and Welton Street in particular is that um, you know, it's one of those areas that is stricken with the word gentrification, right? And so... Um, part of that conversation with gentrification is also, for me, how do you combat gentrification, which is having some of our um, minority black and brown businesses um, really take an extra effort in, in collaborating with each other to help elevate each other, um, to help bring our neighborhood along. And so with that comes you know, things like change and people fearing change and this, that, and the other. Um, and so been here for 12 years and I, I remember when we started our business plan I think part of that was 
anticipating a large number of businesses moving into the neighborhood pretty quickly. And so after a couple of years, obviously that didn't happen. We had a few businesses moving in. Then it was more about, well, well, let's just be that kind of change maker or be part of some of the change, recognizing that there are businesses that were here thriving before we got here, right? Or before you were thinking about coming down here. And so fast forward till today, um, you know, you, you go through the struggles of COVID and the struggles of inflation now. Um, staffing seems to be a thing, a growing thing year after year, not particularly because of COVID, but it just seems like the environment changes, right? Yeah. And so you have an interesting environment where it's just challenging to do business in some cases. And so where, where we had uh, businesses growing, we, we've seen a contraction of businesses as well for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, I'm thinking about Welton Street Cafe's um, struggles and... I mean, they're they're moving on. They've had a lot of community support. Uh, I just read about Vices closing and moving on. Um, I mean, I grew up here. I've seen a lot of a lot of change on this block, and I just wonder: is there something going on right now that's really making things complicated or creating a struggle or like what what is the story of Welton Street in 2022? Yeah, so I, you know. I, I'm an eternal optimist person, right? And so dwelling on the challenge is not something I I ever care to do just because every day it's a different thing, right? But, you know, there are external things or self-inflicted wounds, if you will, that we're causing upon ourselves. Now, you know, I'm at a point also that I'm also growing where I'm at. So working through a number of projects myself. And so trying also not to kick up too much dust uh, just because the other organizations that I'm with are saying, hey, you know, do what you're, do your part, Ryan, in tamping things down. They recognize I'm more of a collaborator. You know, the folks that the individual in that organization that had huge, um, what, what appeared to be huge investments in the neighborhood, um, this guy was really just the asset manager for another guy that had the money. In any case, he's being exited out. And so um, with that comes... Um, in my opinion, him wanting to burn down the neighborhood. Kick everybody out. Yeah, you know. Bring in but, businesses at, he at wants. The, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's that phrase, time either promotes you or exposes you. Um, he happened to be exposed. And where he could have gone away quietly, he decided to kick up all this dust. And so w- w- what's happened is now everybody now starts talking and they start sharing similar stories um, with this one individual Right. And I'm not talking about just Welton Street. I'm talking about all over Denver. Um, I've had phone calls. Ryan, this is what happened to me. I I feel for you, but glad that that there's some light being shed um, on this ordeal. And so, um, you know, for for me as an entrepreneur here, you know, part of the readings that I've had and the teachings that I've had and my philosophy is to emulate successful things and successful people. You know, and so so this individual was one person who I was looking to emulate um, just to find out that the success he had was basically not really success at all. So I'm assuming you're talking about Matthew Burkett and the Fly Fisher Group, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Well, there was a quote from you, I think, in Westward that said, this guy is being propped up as the savior of five points. What did you mean by that? I mean, so so that's past tense, right? And so... Um, more folks know now through experience that it was the opposite of that. You have somebody that's coming in saying that he wants to take care of the neighborhood, um, but that thing that our, our parents once say, right, your, 
your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. At the end of the day, the actions were of a, of a mode of exiting the same businesses that he was saying, let me help you, let me prop up these businesses. And so, I mean, and even till this day, you know, his comments is, oh no, I, 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 they're, everybody's good. Like everybody's, but he's still sending legal papers to everybody, right? And so, like you're, you can't have it both ways. So he kind of showed up here a couple of years ago and said, I want to help out the businesses on this block. I mean, as like a landlord or who is this guy? No, I mean, you know, he, he lives in the neighborhood also. Okay. And, you know, I, part of it might be greed. Part of it might be a whole host of things. Um, but in essence, he was the asset manager for somebody that was pouring resources into the neighborhood. And so that relationship went south for whatever reason. And for whatever reason, now there's this interest of, you know, it, the only thing that I can think of is there's an interest to, uh, I use the term exit businesses, because it's not in a collaborative way, right? It's not in a, let's sit down, let's break bread, tell me what you need, I'll tell you what, because I've done those things, right? I've made those phone calls um, just to receive an email that says, hey, don't, don't call me and refer everything through me, Ryan, i.e. his attorney, right? And so, um, which is fine. I, I have no need to go through his attorney. I'll go straightly to the source because for me, it's just tell me what you need. We can figure it out. You know, all, all we're doing in essence is making a whole bunch of attorneys richer. Okay, at the end of the day, we'll go to court just for the judge to say, you know, you pay your attorney fees and you pay your attorney fees. And my goodness, get the heck out of here. There are a lot more challenging things in the world for us to be worried about. So, you know, we'll see. So you didn't have a reason to be weary of him as someone, you knew him as someone from the community. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you come in, you as you, right, come in and say, hey, Ryan, we want to help the neighborhood out, then let's go, right? I, like, I don't, need, uh, I don't need reference checks or background checks for people to show an interest or a desire in to moving things along um, in this neighborhood, right? And so, um, I mean, and that's just how I operate and how a lot of other business op operators operate. After Bree spoke with Ryan Cobbins last week, I reached out to Matthew Burkett to hear his side of the story, and I haven't heard back. I'll let you know if I do, but I kind of doubt it. That whole situation is up to the courts to decide anyways. But it still poses the broader question. Between gentrification and the pandemic and this ugly conflict that, according to Ryan, has affected businesses up and down Welton Street, what is the state of Black-owned business in Five Points? You know, that's also an interesting thought, right? So, you know, a year or a year and a half ago, there were 30, you know, 30 to 35 black-owned businesses between, you know, in like a three-block radius um, on Welton Street. And so that's contracted a little bit. As you see, we've got Welton Street cafes no longer in their spot. GBL is no longer in their spot. Color of Cannabis is no longer in their spot for a variety of reasons. We had um, the late Daryl pass away. Um, he had an office here. He was an insurance agent. Um, and so there's a whole host of things that have happened that have, that have really turned the tide on, on some of those businesses. And frankly, some of those businesses just deciding, hey, you know, it's, it's painful. Did the Fly Fisher Group situation have anything to do with those businesses leaving? Um, in some cases, they did. I okay. mean, there was a direct impact in terms of what, what you really want from somebody um, that says they're going to prop up the neighborhood is you want them to, to stand behind their word, right, is to prop up the neighborhood. So, you know, there's some businesses that didn't have to leave 
but didn't get leases extended that could have gotten their lease extended or just um, blatantly just being bullied out of a space. And so, you know, and so, you know, now there's not much you can do aside from, you know, you wait for your day in court or you respond this way or you settle for this or you just say, hey, let me just throw my hands up. It's just not worth it. So how did you feel about someone coming to the neighborhood and saying it needed to be propped up or wanting to be the savior when you're a person who's got a functioning business here for over a decade? Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I don't really care. Right. I mean, no matter what, you know, I still got to get up no matter what. I would still rather be here than in Ukraine. Like there's so many other things that I can think of. I would rather be here than not over here that, you know, you know, part of this is just is what it is. I haven't had one circumstance that I can think of in my entire life that after going through it, it was like, uh, you know, I'm dead right now going through it. It's like, oh, no, I don't see how I'm going to get out of this. I'm dead. But then getting to the other side, every single circumstance I've gotten through. Right. So. So that kind of doesn't phase you. So no, coming it in. doesn't. Plus, you know, I've, I've always heard that in order for you to have success, you got to make sure that your light's shining on other people, right? The other, the people you, the people around you, which is a good testament of success, should be successful also. So, if if you're driving to work, they can't be walking when they want to drive. Some people just want to walk, right? But so if they want to drive, they can't be walking also, right? And so you see all these folks with their crews and everything else, and as they come up, their people come up as well, right? It's very different when you have one person come up and everybody else is still like hanging out at the bottom, right? So you, you own two Bentleys, a Rolls Royce, a Corvette, you buy, you know, all this stuff you buy in a matter of six months, a, you know, a Mercedes truck, but then everybody else around you is still scraping by trying to figure out how to put food on the table. To me, that's not the definition of success. And so if, if by anything, what it taught me is that, you know, as I look at people, you know, I, I was gonna say, what lessons have I learned from there? But I mean, it's all part of the plan, right? I mean, I had two cars at once uh, because I was emulating somebody uh, that was doing that same thing, right? Until I saw that and I was like, well, what the hell am I doing? Let me get rid of this, right? So, um, so yeah. What do you want for the now and future of Welton Street? So I reference Cherry Creek a lot. I reference Cherry Creek because when you drive down Cherry Creek, the sidewalks are You know are you're in Cherry in. Creek. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the sidewalks are filled in. The trees have, have leaves on planners, them. Planners, yes. storefronts, all glass, you know, modern storefront. Now, it doesn't have to be modern, but, like, instead of having a glass storefront, like, we've got plywood storefronts, right, that we put then graffiti art on it and say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's our way of sh displaying art. And to me, that's BS, right? Like, you know, so I think where we thought somebody was going to come in and, you know, we need that one anchor, um, anchor investor, anchor bank, you know, with some with some deep money to come in and say, hey, I'm going to plant my stake here and then bring in other investors that are going to help. Like all this, all these things take money. Um, and it's not usually it's not one like a small business owner that that writes a check for these things. It's the city and, and other, you know, a private public partnership that says, hey, let's let's now invest our resources here. And let's elevate uh, the game here for the sake of our city and let this be a tourist destination. Let this attract other folks to come down um, and help the city make money. So there's plenty of things. It's just, you know, we need a few more things for it to be where it needs to be. Ryan Cobbins, thank you so much for joining me. 
Yeah, yeah, you got it. Thank you, guys. For more details on the situation with Matthew Burkett and Fly Fisher, friend of the show Connor McCormick-Cavanaugh recently talked to a bunch of Burkett's former partners for Westward. I'm going to add a link to his story in the show notes. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. On Friday, the Colorado Avalanche had the chance to win the Stanley Cup at home here at Ball Arena. They squandered that chance, and the Lightning looked hungry for their third championship in as many years. Then, last night in Tampa Bay, or just a few minutes ago as I record this, the Avs went up by a goal in the second period of Game 6 and wouldn't let go until this. Ten seconds to go. McCarr fittingly battling for the puck in the corner. Five seconds to go. Up it comes to the line. Colorado has won the Stanley Cup. What a run. What a series. We'll remember this one for a while. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton has that rundown of context and resources on the road decision. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Oh, and for the record, the adjective I would use to describe coffee at the point is good. It is a good coffee shop.